Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We do this every day. I'm Pat Mulroy, supervisor of the World of Learning Institute. The World of Learning Institute provides virtual world language instruction and other courses like calculus and chemistry when it's difficult for a school or district to find a teacher. We're here to talk to you today about what we do every day that makes virtual learning authentic, relevant, and engaging. You can contact me at pmulroy at the World of Learning Institute. P-M-U-L-R-O-Y at worldoflearninginstitute.com for more information. Um, today, I have our team with us, and we are doing another one of those fun, let's just get on it. Um, our conversation this morning as we were meeting after the new year, happy new year, everybody, was um, related to the siloing kind of like of education. And um, at the World of Learning, we've been talking about how do we create those courses that kids want to take? And a lot of our conversation has been, well, maybe they need to be courses that are not just siloed, right? So um, what do you think, guys? Well, we were just discussing, I had I just skimmed um, Tom Butler's newsletter this morning and he had listed top 10 books or top most 10 influential books from this past year, and they're related to education, of course. And one of the themes that I noticed just in reading the blurbs of the books, a couple of which I'm familiar with, but not a lot of them, um, was that a common theme throughout our common critique of education was the way in which in schools learning is, is chunked and divided and not connected. And um, I think subject areas is the obvious way that that happens, but I imagine that within subjects, we're talking about it too. So like even within a certain siloed subject, the way in which, you know, grammar concepts in language are these like, here you're learning this set of verbs, now this set of verbs, now that set of verbs, or you're learning this math formula, now that math formula, now this one, or this time period in history, now this one, now, you know, you name it. Um, and that, and we don't make connections between those or from those to quote unquote real life, which I know one of the books even said like school is viewed as a preparation for a real life instead of real life itself. If school was real life itself, then we wouldn't silo those subjects because that doesn't happen in, you know, in real life. So Pat, we were was sharing about, you know, some potential, even within our own team of teachers, like what other skill sets we as humans are also not like one subject humans. Like we have these other skill sets, they might not be our professional ones, you know, or they might be, right. or maybe they were like professional at a different time period in life. Like we were in business and now we've moved into education or right. whatever. So like, how can we like round that out and bring a full set of skills to students? What could those course, still oh, using the model of having courses, like what could those courses be called and what? Um, so I was just seeing that theme, I guess, from the stuff that we're talking about and then the stuff that, you know, Tom was encouraging other school leaders to be reading. That really hits for me too, because I think my experience just as a human in the world going through public education system and then, you know, going to a four-year college, um, eventually going on to get my master's, but still, even at this age, I'm going to be 40 this year and I see jobs and I say, oh, I didn't even know that was a job. I didn't even know that you could do this in life. Um, I didn't know this was out there. So when I think about those sort of cross-curricular courses where students can start at a very young age to say, wow, this connects to that, and then this could lead to that, and then just seeing how everything's sort of connected and how, um, you know, it's so cooperative. And I'm right now I'm in this, um, my son and I are reading this book called Unstoppable Us, which is about um, the human, like what, how did the sapiens 
like become the most powerful animal on the planet. And the secret is cooperation because sapiens, um, you know, from like different from the other, you know, humans that were at, on the planet, um, were able to cooperate in large numbers. And I'm just thinking about that, like, you know, even just within a course, I think about even get really excited about team teaching courses, mm -hmm. you know, that level of cooperation too. And then students can really see, you know, how the world, everybody works together to get, you know, there's this example, if you go to the store to get a banana, you know, very few people in the world pick their own bananas and eat them. But, you know, you had to rely on a whole network of people to get the banana in your store. And so the people who are at the cash register, the people who, you know, drive the trucks, everything. Um, and I just think about, you know, so often we don't even know, how, you know, what's supporting all of us, you know, all the different things that all the different, you know, areas of knowledge that people can pursue to help support their communities, the world, each other. I don't know. I'm just kind of in that right now. How does it all connect? Mm-hmm. That's a great metaphor for, I mean, it doesn't have to be a metaphor either. It can, like, the point is it can just be real life if that's how we envision education, but it's a great metaphor for, like, what are the delivery workers, the banana pickers, the cash registers, the within, like, a subject area, and like, or, or multiple subject areas, and are you, like, letting it all work together? Or are you trying to right. lock them all off so they can't talk to each other? Right, and do we have to be an expert, you know? And Aaron, I think you can probably see a lot of that in the sciences. Um you know, because they're so interconnected. Like you can't just say, I'm doing just chemistry without thinking that you got a little bit of biology and you got a little bit of the environment and you got a lot of physics and a lot of math. Yeah. And, it's like and in English, right? Like if we're gonna be writing right. and doing like, all of you that. Know, so. A good lab report. I mean, think about a really good right. lab report, right? Yeah. And I think that cross-curricular really um helps us look at, you know, being authentic and this real world um, life. So allowing our students to be able to um, kind of experience that I think is important, you know, not just, hey, this is just subject, you know, oftentimes in chemistry, students will be like, well, I thought we were in science, not in math class, or I didn't know we had to have proper English in order to write this report. Um, so it all kind of relates, and we talk about that in in our science classes. How you know the history of the atom and and the history of everything that we've looked at through science, um, you know, relates to war and um, what's going on in the world now. So it definitely is a cross curricular subject. Oh, so true. So true. And it makes me think one of the things that I know kids love, I mean, in addition to social media, which there's tons of like cross, you know, cross references and knowledge out there, but, you know, even just becoming a, you know, a good consumer of knowledge, like, you know, the skills that we really want young people to have as they move into the world is like that they are good consumers, right? Of everything that's out there because there's so much that is good and there's so much that is not good. And, you know, how do they sift through that knowledge? So, um, you know, and they love music. The other thing that I was thinking of, you know, young people like really relate to their artists and the things that, you know, the things that they talk about emotions and they're talking about like things that we don't think about. And how do we hit that emotional component, that social emotional component as well in the world because, you know, Lauren, when you talk about cooperation, some of that, you know, it's not a soft skill to be 
able to get along with other people. You know, we have to be able to sit next to somebody who maybe doesn't think or believe in the same things we believe in. But in order to cooperate, in order to get the banana on my table into my mouth, which I love my bananas, um, I think they're delicious. You know, like how do we make sure that we like honor all those people in that? I think that's that's really, really important. So, all right, I promise you guys this is going to be quick. So we're going to close it up with um, your idea of a really interesting topic to create a course around. Doesn't have to do with anything that you do at the World of Learning. It just could be anything that um, you're interested in and that you think other people would be interested in too. I think it would be neat to have a course that's not really, it's it's more designed by the student. So, you know, you, you talk about industry and that genius hour and giving the students like, hey, I'm interested in building a go-kart. And so taking the time to be able for them to learn how to do that in their day, you know, like not just sitting in a math class, in a chemistry class, but can we take time out of our school day to allow students to explore their interests because great inventions came out of those genius hours, right? Out of the Google, um, you know, tech, that's how email came out. So, you know, I think allowing students that time to explore their own um, passion, you know, their passion projects. I think that'll be really cool. Awesome. I we've I feel like we had a podcast maybe where we listed some other ones and I don't want to repeat some of those even though they're I have some like pet dream courses in the arsenal um, but I just was thinking of one right now and I was like what if you had a course where like students chose an object because have you ever read any of those history they're sort of I'll call them history books that'll be like the ten most influential maps throughout history or the ten most influential drinks or like you know, and then there'll be coffee and there'll be, you know, wine or with the maps one, it's like, you know, a map of the world upside, you know, what we call upside down or these different things that like really shifted people's perspectives. So what if you had a course where students went through and they like at some point in the course chose an object and then got to travel or explore and like find 10 versions of that object or that thing um, that they're going to, that they are asserting are the like most influential versions of that thing. That's kind of cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Just making stuff up here, Pat. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's a very interesting idea. I love it. I love it. I feel like I have like a million ideas flying through my head. Um I think I'm I'm interested in in like cities. I don't know. So like a general course about like cities, why were the biggest cities in the world, you know, why are they the way that they are? Are there, you know, trends that like you know um reasons why obviously there's similarities what are the differences um and i think you could even get into like a little bit of you know um like making a green city you know kind of like looking forward what what sort of things can we do to improve existing cities um like it gets into science it gets into humanities um you could look at graffiti like really cool stuff like what's the stuff that goes on in cities you know bring in architecture yeah architecture absolutely so i just think and i and then i was thinking about that and i was thinking even like there could be obviously field trip opportunities but um just like how to behave in a city i mean especially for students who live in rural areas just like the transportation like the, the you know how to read those kinds of bus maps and subway maps i mean um 
what's north, south, east, west. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. That course is has a narrative map just waiting yeah. to happen where the city is like the main character or the cities yeah. are the main characters. That's yeah, cool. or the subway. Yeah. Subway yeah. line. What happens in each subway line? Right. You could take it down to a very small level. Yeah, like a big level. You know, like yeah. the culture of, you know. The names of the subway you know, stops. Yeah. The, the ones in New York City that go from, you know, Wall Street all the way up to Harlem. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like something like that like mm-hmm. you know pick any city and there's there's like that cultural there's a cultural shift yeah you know across the city but um I'm just sitting here in my kitchen and knowing that I like I sought out all different kinds of teas um this holiday like <laughs> just you know so like from plants like from different like herbal teas um and stuff like that to you know teas that you know, just come from different parts of the, the world between India, China, um, Thailand, you know, different places where really good tea is grown. Um, so I just had a really lot of fun with that. And I think like your 10, your um, mm-hmm. ten most influential objects, I'd love to do a study of just tea. Mm-hmm. We've learned so much along the way. That's the thing. When you get really nitty gritty, you're like, oh, well, that can't be a core. That's too nitty gritty. But the truth is, like, if you, the more you focus in on one thing, it will force you to do. You'll have to have geography. You'll have to have some chemistry. You'll have to have some yeah. social science because to give meaning to that very specific thing, you're going to have to contextualize it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it was really funny because, like, you know, so I was really thinking about these drinks and I got this like carrot, ginger, turmeric drink. And when I was buying it, you know, just a little jar for like a very big amount of money. And it was like, (laughs) um, the woman said, oh my gosh, they spent months trying to get the formula Mm. this right. So that it wasn't, you know, too gingery. It wasn't too like bitter from the turmeric. And it really was, it was like delicious carrot juice. Um, You know, I don't have time to do that in the morning to like (laughs) get that blend, you know, they spent months perfecting it. So Mm. Anyway, you guys are awesome. Thanks for always humoring me. Um, this is a little bit, we have been doing dream hours um, once a week. Um, this is a little bit of us just getting back together after the holiday. We hope you had a great holiday. Um, thanks for joining us on We Do This Every Day and um, look forward to some big announcements. We're going to be doing some really fun professional development in the new year. Um, around narrative course mapping and we're going to have some special guests we're hoping that they'll join us on the podcast too so stay tuned we do this every day this is pat lauren aaron and olivia have a great day